God is good. Hallelujah. You have come into this place and not able to greet your fellow brothers or sisters around you. You can just shake their hands and say, Welcome into the house of the Lord. Praise the Lord to able to see you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Have you done that? Hallelujah. God is a good God. God is a God who loves us and God is a God who came down from he- heaven to die for us that he gave his life. And in this world, while he was alive, while teaching, preaching his word, he had to go through many things because he, he took upon himself human flesh. And human flesh has its senses and human flesh has this old type of uh, pain that is attached to it. And he, had, he go, went through all these things so that we will be reconciled with our Heavenly Father. And his sacrifice is great. Hallelujah. Today I just want to draw your attention to a, a portion of scripture taken from the book of Luke chapter 4. And we're going to look into the temptation that Jesus went through after he fasted 40 days. Luke chapter 4, we listen to the reading from verse 1 up to verse 4. Luke chapter 4, reading from verse 1 up to verse 4. Luke 4, verse 1 to 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. So as we listen to this passage being read, there's many teachings, many truths that can be drawn out from this particular passage, but I just want to draw your attention to one particular truth in this place. And from that, I just want to lead you to the message that I want to preach to you. Jesus was in the flesh. Jesus being in the flesh, there's one part or an organ which all of us have, and that was the stomach. And when it is empty and the time comes, there's a thing we call hunger. And when hunger comes... We know some some uh, very diplomatic about it and says, I'm very hungry, do I have something to eat? And some are not so diplomatic, say, I'm hungry, give it something now. I'm sure this happens in every house, and uh, you don't have to tell me whose house. But this was a, a feeling that Jesus was having after the fasting of 40 days. After uh, fasting for 40 days, it says the Bible says that he was hungry. And because of his and, and uh, we all know from the day that we were born, when a child is born, when a baby is born, whenever the child, the baby is hungry, we know that it will cry. Because the only way to satisfy the hunger is by taking in food. And when we take in the food, when that stomach becomes full, that's when we satisfy hunger. And we have learned this from the time we were born. Hallelujah. Nobody was taught. Nobody, nobody said, that, okay, child, you are born today, you will feel hungry, and when you feel hungry, you cry, then we'll give you food. No child was uh, taught that way. Immediately, the response is, I'm hungry, I'll cry, and you have to give me food. So Jesus was in the flesh, and he was having this feeling of hunger, which is very natural to every human being, because after fasting for 40 days, there was this, this feeling of and this feeling was there, and when the devil came, he was what we call concentrating or focusing on the feeling that Jesus was going through. And he said, since you are hungry, this is uh, some added words I put, since you are hungry, command these uh, stones to become bread. Eventually, you can take it up and eat. See, Jesus is an all, uh, almighty God. Whatever he speaks, whatever, he's, uh, whatever he commands, it will happen. He can just speak to the rock and uh, the stones or whatever it is. He can say, become a bread. It would have become bread because he has the power to do it. Hallelujah. 
He has the authority, he has the power to change the uh, stone into bread. But he did not do it at that time. He did not do it at that time. He did not just listen to the advice or the, 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 the word of Satan that he was giving him. But he uh, replied and said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that was a word of God that was uh, taken from the Old Testament. But eventually, after the temptation all took place and everything, it says that uh, eventually when the, the devil left him to find an opportune time to come back to him, it says that the angels came and ministered to him. Eventually, some would say that that is the time that they came and gave him food to eat. By the time when Satan said to eat, he did not eat, but he was still having that feeling of hunger. The point that I want to bring to you today is, there are times when we are feeling something, but it, will not, it may not be the timing of God to accomplish something at that time. He was feeling hungry, but it was not, his, it was not his, uh, God's will or God's time to have his meal, but to go through the temptation. Feelings sometimes come over uh, into our life, emotionally feel, emotional feelings or uh, senses, uh, feelings from our senses, in order to do, and it comes and sometimes it clouds our judgment, it clouds us, that we will not be able to, to decide anything else but to say, this is what I have to do because I'm feeling this. I have to satisfy my feelings. And by satisfying the, uh, the feelings that we are having, we sometimes go against the word of God. We sometimes go against the things that are the timing of God. We sometimes go against faith itself because I need to satisfy my feeling. Today, I will not deny and say that we are not people of emotion or people of feelings. Or we have, we have uh, killed our feelings or our feelings are dead. We have that feelings, the senses, but we need to realize all these things are natural for everyone to have but there are things at that time that we have to stand against it and say, I have a work of God, or I have to obey the word of God for a purpose. Hallelujah. There is a purpose, there is a timing that we have to obey, and there's a time that we have to do something that we will not allow the feeling to come and control us or to stop us from doing the work of God. Hallelujah. There are times when, when we need to go and speak to someone, and when we want to go and speak to someone, it starts to rain. And then when rain comes, we all know, rainy days are sleepy days. Whenever it rains, people want to sleep. And then the feeling of uh, sleep comes and says, oh, it's raining, I don't feel like going, I get wet. This. You know, all these type of feelings will come to stop us from doing what we wanted to do for the Lord. In the same way, other things, there's many things, like I said earlier, emotional feelings. It could be anger, it could be hatred, all these things, it will come, bitterness. Or it could be the feelings that come out of senses, hunger, pain. All these things may come, but it stops and it, the fate of God. Feeling rejects God's word and timing. Today I want to speak about how it comes and rejects God's timing. And because of that, many a times we lose out on God's blessing. Because we have missed the timing of God. Or disobeyed God's word and to fulfill or to satisfy our feelings. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, that we walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Can I have the readers to have it read? 2 Corinthians 5, chapter 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk by faith and not by, by the feelings that we have. We may feel tired or we may feel pain or we may feel all these things, but we cannot allow these feelings to control us, to stop us from obeying the word of God. It cannot stop us from having faith in God. When pain comes, some people will decide and say, I'm having pain so I cannot come to church. But here is where you will receive your healing. Here is where you will receive the uh, deliverance that you need. But some will stop and not come and say, when I'm uh, overcome it, when everything's over, then I'll come. But you need to realize that it, what is important, you need to do. Of course, I'm not saying that if you end up in the hospital for some purpose or something, that you have to pull out all the, 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 the IVs and all these things that come to church. 
Of course, you need to, once you're in the hospital, you need to follow what the doctor says. But there are times we have said to some, if you can ask the doctors, just give a little time frame to be released from the hospital, come over. Feelings reject God's word and timing. Although God created these feelings, but we need to realize there are times that we cannot allow this feeling to control us. It is God's word that must control us. And so it says here, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith. We walk by the things that God has spoken through his word. We walk by the things that God has spoken uh, through his prophets, his laws, and all these things that we, which we can read in the Bible. And that is what exactly Jesus did when he spoke to Satan when he came to camp. And he says, man shall not live by bread alone. It is by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If I may just change or change that, uh, some words in that uh, answer. Man shall not just live by the feelings alone, but he will live by the word of God. God is not going to say, don't satisfy your feeling. After all, it is God who created. But there are times that we need to realize God's ways and God's word has to be fulfilled. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, we see Moses. And we can read about him in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, chapter 7. And we will see what are the things that is spoken about him. We know Moses was a mighty man of God, that God called in a miraculous way. He grew up in a miraculous way. And we see how God used him for great things. But what was it that was in his heart? Acts chapter 7, you listen to the reading from verse 22 up to verse 25. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. Now when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, but they did not understand. So we see here, Moses, you know the, the life of Moses, how he, at the time when he was born, there was this uh, order by Pharaoh to kill all the male child so that they, the, 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 the people, the Jewish people, the Israelites, will not multiply and become a big, uh, the population will not increase. And so they wanted to kill, and the, the mother and the, the sister all decided that they, she shouldn't be kept here. They made a basket, they put him in the basket, and then allowed... The, uh, put it in the river and then the, the basket just flew uh, I mean uh, just uh, went through the, went over the river and came to the place where Pharaoh's daughter was there and eventually Pharaoh's daughter took, uh, took the child looked at the child was very, very nice to look at and, but then she wanted someone to take care and the sister came and said I know a, a Hebrew woman who can take care of this child and eventually he also grew up there but he says here that he also grew up in the wisdom of Egypt. Verse 22 says, And Moses was learned in all wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. So he was mighty. He learned the things of the Egyptians. He learned the culture of Egypt. He knew all these things because he grew up in a palace. But then in, one, in his heart, it says here, when he was 40 years old, verse 23, now, when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren and the children of Israel. There was a feeling that he had. Verse, 20, verse 24, And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. In other words, he killed the Egyptian. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand but they did not understand. And at this particular moment, Moses somehow knew that God was going to use him to, to deliver, but it was not the timing of God, it was not the time that God wanted to do it. But he was feeling something in his heart, and he went down, and when he went down, he saw the people, and he saw especially the Egyptian, how they were uh, driving the Israelites, his brethren, and one of them mistreating, and he became angry. 
The feeling that came and overcome him or controlled him at that time was anger and immediately he killed the Egyptian. He killed the Egyptian thinking that after that, the people, the Israelites that he protected will look at him and say, oh, you are the one who's going to come and deliver me. But he says here, they did not understand. The word of God says, they did not understand because the timing of God was not there and they were not ready to understand. But we know that what happened after that, when he was, when he was caught eventually, the, other, the next day when he went, two of his brethren were fighting and said, don't fight your brethren and all these things. One, uh, one turned and said, are you going to kill me also, like the way you killed the Egyptian? Immediately he became fearful. The next feeling that came into his life was fear. Immediately he, just, he told to himself, they know what happened, I cannot escape. So he ran away. But being in the desert was a time of renewing, of transformation, of change, and also a time to learn that God has his time, and when we commit and submit to the timing of God, God makes everything beautiful in his time. Hallelujah! God makes everything fall in his places according to his will, to his plan. God's word says that whatever word that has proceeded from his mouth, whatever he has spoken, will never return back to him in vain. It will accomplish every works, every uh, purpose, every plan. Whatever he has said it should accomplish, it will accomplish. But it is always dependent upon the timing. And we cannot go, we cannot lag behind or we cannot go uh, ahead of God. We need to work with God's timing. Hallelujah. And so feelings comes and rejects the timing of God or the word of God. Moses was, when he looked at the, what was happening, the mistreating that was taking place, he became angry and it controlled him. And he did something he, that he should not have done. He killed, thinking that this is how God is going to deliver the people. Maybe he was thinking that he can become a, a, a general of the, 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 the people of Israel to make them all learn to pick up arms to fight. Or maybe he was thinking, maybe I'll become a politician at a time and uh, become their politician and I'll go into the council of Pharaoh and start defending them. Maybe he would have thought, maybe since we have a one, one full place of, uh, known as Goshen, the land of Goshen, we can just separate it from uh, Egypt and become a, a, a country by itself. See, these are all the thoughts that man can have with all the wisdom of man, with all the understanding of man. This is what we will think and this is what we will uh, sometimes do. Thinking that this is how it should happen, this is what must happen, this is how it will happen. We think because of all the experience that we have gone through, of all the people that we have met, of all the books maybe we have read, of all the news that we have heard, all these things comes into us and we feel we know something and God is not doing anything, so I have to do something about it. But this is exactly the error of Moses when he thought that he can replace the timing of God with his timing. Today, this is what happens in our lives. When we go through all these emotional feelings or some feelings in the regards to the senses that we have, sometimes we, we feel, you know, sometimes they say the gut feeling, you know. I feel like doing this. I feel like doing that. But sometimes, in fact, most of the time, we miss the timing of God. And we want to move because we feel that it's the right time. But we have not allowed God to move. This is where faith comes in. You know, one of the songs that we sang, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. In the book of Isaiah, we can maybe refer to that verse. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Isaiah 40, verse 31. Isaiah 40, verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. 
They will walk and not be faint. This is a promise of God for those who wait upon the Lord. When we wait upon the Lord, a few things that I can mention about this. When we wait upon the Lord, it begins to reveal our motives. What is it that I really want to achieve from doing what I want to do? When we wait upon the Lord, it begins to reveal. Our motives are revealed. What was it that Moses wanted to do when he went ahead and killed? I wanted to deliver the people. In fact, he also said, God is going to use me to deliver the people this way. In a violent, uh, in a violent way or this type of uh, something like that. But why? Running away and being in the desert, he begins to understand his motives. And I believe that we, when we wait upon the Lord, we begin to understand our motives. Why did we have this feeling? Or why did we have that feeling? Why do we feel angry? Why do we feel bitter? Why do we feel jealous or envious? Why do we feel this? Why do we feel that? The true motive comes out when we wait upon the Lord, especially in His presence. and says, why do I really want to do this? Why do I really want to do that? Why do I want to go and speak to this person? Why do I want to speak to that person? What is it? Is it so that person will look at me and say, I'm someone great? That my fame, my name will uh, be uh, spread all over the world? Or is it because I want God's name to be magnified? It reveals our motives, our true motives. But the waiting also builds patience in our life. Waiting also helps us to build perseverance that we need to know that it doesn't matter whatever time people will say but when it's God's time it's always perfect time when all say you have come to a dead end and there's no other way you have lost everything you cannot do anything but I want to tell you today that God can still open doors in the midst of dead ends hallelujah you may be walking through fiery trials, but God will allow you to walk through and He will make sure that you're not scorched and you're not burnt. Floods may come in, but He will make, you, make sure that you will be able to not uh, drown, but He will make sure, just like how He allowed an ark to be built, uh, Noah told, uh, told Noah to build an ark, He will make sure that you will not sink. Hallelujah! It is the timing of God. It is not our feelings, it's not what we feel, it's not our wisdom, and it's not about this. It is coming into the presence of God and understanding His timing. The temptation was always to rush things, to be hasty, to do things out of the will of God, to do things out of the Word of God. That is always that feeling that comes. Why wait? Now is the time. But if you do not wait upon the Lord and we become hasty, we fail. We lose out. And that's why waiting upon the Lord is so important. And so Moses learned the hard way by doing things in a rash way, in a harsh way, in a hasty way, that it was not the timing of God. But did God use him back again? Yes, he did. After 40 years being in the wilderness, he learned. And God says, now is the time to move. And when God says now is the time to move, we may be the, the weakest person, we may be a person who are, the world can be considered as not a wise person, we may be a person that we may not have any talents, any skill, nothing. If God says it's time to move, He will use you in a mighty way beyond your wildest dream or your greatest imagination. Hallelujah! God is almighty. Hallelujah! God can use you in such a mighty way that all the kings and all the magicians and all the ones had to come and say, take your people out and go after the tenth plague. Get them out. We do not want them here anymore. It brought fear to them. It brought, they were trembling and says, they cannot stay here anymore. They were driven out. The word of God says in the book of Exodus. That is when God began to move. And so throughout all the Old Testament, we see how God began to move in a mighty way. All the times of Judges, in the time of Judges, and all the things we see, how God moved in a mighty way. The same God that moved in a mighty way during those years is the same God that wants to move in your life and in your family's life. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! He wants to move in your life. 
He wants to do great things in your life. He don't want you to lose your hope in Him. But He wants to, to make sure that you learn to wait upon Him. People will rush us and say, time is, uh, it's, it's already time up. It's, uh, it's already the time is coming soon. You, you, you're going to lose out. You're going to lose out. Move now. Move now. Move now. Move now. That's what they will say. But as we wait upon the Lord, God can do great things. Hallelujah. You know, one of the things that I did, uh, I shared this in the, in the, the, the Tamil service uh, two weeks ago, and I said, uh, I, some of them remembered one thing that happened about 30 years ago, 1980s, 1990s. What happened was, we used to be meeting in a, a, a single-story bungalow house, and we know that that house had few rooms, but when we left, that uh, I think there's only one, one more room left, and for one uh, uh, family to stay at the back, that's it. We had to break all the walls, we made it, and then we had some uh, help uh, for, to make some uh, metal uh, beams to make sure it supports the roof, everything in order to contain the growth that we are having. And so much so, many of you, I think, will remember that we were having our Bible studies. There were a lot of these uh, umbrellas at that time, colorful umbrellas, the big, big ones. Some people, the, when you want to... Uh, describe the church and say this is where the church is some will say oh this is all the colorful umbrellas yes it is so that's how it was and during that time we used to pray and say this place is not uh, it's, uh, it's uh, too small for us and all these things and there was a time that we also uh, made a proposal to say okay we will purchase this land maybe two or three times more than the worth of this uh, property that was a proposal it didn't do, go through and then eventually, at that time, we were also, there was what we call the uh, Majestic Theatre. Okay, it was a theatre, and then that was the time when all the Sineplex became very famous. Theatres are big, big, uh, where you can accommodate about uh, 800, 700, 800. It was not business-wise, it was not so uh, uh, good, because you have about 100 people there, you're wasting the aircon and all these things. So it was not doing so well, it was going towards uh, closing down, and so there was a group of people that went, what we call, prayer walk around that building. How many of you remember that? We went around that building, and then uh, some, uh, one by one, it was a single file walking. It was not two by two, one by one. And there was a guard that was there, and sometimes he was wondering, what is these people doing? Suddenly walking the other side, what are they doing? And some of, some of us who used to lay hands on the wall and said, we are claiming this building, we are claiming this building, and we were walking around. And this, uh, I think this guy would wonder, what is these people trying to do? Trying to, it was a night time also, surveying this place or what? But we did that a few times. But we didn't get that place either. But somehow we were meeting in a higher ground on the 11th floor when the, that whole uh, cin uh, cinema was uh, broken down and there was a 13-story building we were renting on the 11th, uh, 11th floor. But that was not also the place that we are supposed to own. And then eventually, miraculously, you can see the magazine itself. You can see how we were, through Pastor Joseph Tavanita, met the developer, and how all this place came, and today we are here. And we believe this was the timing of God. During that time, many proposals, many uh, people came and proposed this place, that place, all, oh, so many areas we have proposed this, that, so many places. But this is the timing of God. We waited. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The same way people can rush us and say, you're losing out time. You, it's now or never. Now is the time to do it. If you don't do it, gone. All these things they can say. But without the timing of God, it would all would have become a failure. But today, we are here because of the timing of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's what is important in our life. Always remember this. It is the timing of God. We got this place according to the time that God wants us to get. And what we are going to do in the years to come is, uh, must be done according to the timing of God. Everyone will have proposals. Everyone will have their voice because everyone is given a mouth to speak. But it's God's word and God, the word that proceeds from His mouth that will always stand. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And so, the timing was according to what he wanted and we got this place. And the same way, we need to realize 
the door we may have felt people saying and saying all these things, the feeling of we must get this place, we must get the place and this and that. Oh, so many proposals came. Uh, and when the proposals came, it's like uh, it lifted us up and said, oh, there's hope here. And suddenly when they say no, it, uh, our whole heart fell down. And then another person came and said another thing and our hope went up and it fell down again. It all depending on our feelings until God made a way. And this is where we are. Hallelujah. God knows your needs and God understands you more than you can ever understand yourself. Hallelujah. God understands you more than you can understand about yourself. No matter what your age is and you know all the habits you have and all these things, but God still understands what is happening in your life. And according to His timing, He has a way of doing things. In the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, Reading from verse 11 up to verse 14. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We listen to the reading from verse 11 up to verse 14. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work of God does from beginning to end. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it that man should fear before him. It says in verse 11, he has made everything beautiful in his time. And verse 14, it says, I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it that man should fear before him. God, when he, whatever words that he speaks, it will be accomplished. Another type of feeling that, that uh, can come and try to grip us and try to control our lives is one is the spirit of uh, or the feeling of fear and also another feeling is a feeling, uh, feeling of guilt and whenever this these two feelings start coming in it sometimes cloud our, our way of doing things and sometimes we we, we tend to uh, forget the word of god and when we begin to forget the word of god we begin to do things in a very uh, rash way and sometimes when we have done it, suddenly we come to a point to say, it's a failure. You know, the, these things uh, that we receive sometimes in the WhatsApp. Okay, there's many, many things. But even just uh, the past week, there was one WhatsApp that came. And in that WhatsApp was some messages. And then eventually, at the, just towards the end of the message, there was a conversation that took place. I do not know how many of you have received a message like this or some other thing that goes with this conversation. The devil came in laughing and says, and God said, why are you laughing? And the devil says, you say your children love you? And God says, yes. You say your children will do anything for you? And God says, yes. You say that they will be a testimony for you and tell about you? And God says, yes. Then why is it nobody is sending this WhatsApp to another person? Then he says, the devil said, I'll make a deal with you. Whoever does not send this WhatsApp message to anyone, they belong to me. And whoever sends, they belong to you. Is it a deal? And God says, deal, according to the message. And then God turns to his people and says, I love you, I died for you, I did all these things, please send this message. Because I want you to be with me. And so, this is a type of uh, chain letters or things that it comes. It brings guilt. And some, not understanding the love of God, and not understanding that God doesn't need to make a deal with anyone, even with Satan. The word of God says, when, uh, when the disciples and all the people who followed Jesus, when he was in Jerusalem, uh, 
they, 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 they were worshipping and everything, and the Pharisees asked them to keep quiet. Jesus says, if they keep quiet, the stone will cry out. God doesn't need to make a deal. If, he, if we are not the ones who are supposed to send, God can make anyone to send. He can send any messages he wants to send. And it will be very clear. He can make a sign in the sky and make it very clear for everyone to see. He can do it. So this type of messages are coming and it's causing guilt for a person. And they keep on sending and sending and sending. And the worst thing is, the message that is sent is false messages. Wrong uh, information. And deaths are being sent together, including it says, if you love God, you will send. 14 people you must send in uh, 14 times uh, in 14 days. And then if you have done this, then you will get a blessing on the next day itself. All these type of things are coming into the message. And so we need to realize it always hits our, our feeling area, our emotion of fear. If I don't send, what will God think about me? Of guilt, if I don't send, then I am, I'm, I'm not a child of God. All these things start coming. And I believe that this is how devil uses the feeling in order to reject God's word. The word of God says, who can separate him, uh, who can separate you from him? Can anything of this world, can angels, can any of this, uh, any of the kingdom of darkness or whatever separate you from his love? The word of God says, there's nothing. God loves you and God will take care of you. But the one important thing that God wants is learn to wait upon him and to start moving in his time. Feelings rejects God's word. Feelings reject God's timing. I'm not saying that you go and take some, some medication to cut off your feelings. You know, some, there are some uh, medi medication that you can take to, to, uh, to suppress your feelings. You know, pain and all these things. I'm not talking about these things. I'm saying that you come to a point to realize that you don't make your feelings your God. You make Him as your God. And that is very important. And when you make him, him as your God, whatever you're going through, in his time, you will be satisfied and you will be relieved. As I said earlier, Jesus was hungry, but the Bible says that after he went through all the temptations, he stood, uh, angels came and ministered to him. Eventually, it would have been simply means that he was given food to eat. So this is how it is. Today, we need to make a stand. Are we going to to make a decision according to our feelings or are we going to make a decision according to God's word? Everyone is doing it. It's the happening thing. It's the hype. It's the in thing. If I don't follow along, if I don't follow the majority, they will think something uh, is wrong with me. I will feel guilty. I will feel fearful. I will feel rejected. All this type of feeling comes. But not realizing there's only one feeling that's important and the love that you need to have for your God, which decides what you need to do. Hallelujah! You don't have to follow the majority. The majority will say, you need to follow the majority, so they are the one, they are the greatest voice, they have the strongest voice. It is nothing to do with that. It is all when God says, when whatever He says, in the book of Ecclesiastes, it's very clearly, whatever He does in His time will stand for eternity. And nobody can remove that. Hallelujah. And so, what is it that you're feeling today? Are you feeling fearful, guilty? And you're feeling all these things that are happening around you and you're feeling uh, agitated, you're feeling shaken up, you're trembling within, not knowing what is going to happen tomorrow and fear comes in because of this, worries comes in, and then you come to a point to say, you need to do this, you need to do that because of the, all these things that are going to happen. And sometimes you come to a point to say, Sorry, Lord, I need to break your command today because I need to do this. Sorry, God, I need to do, to do. Just forgive me for this one, one sin that I'm going to do because I need to do it. Not realizing you don't have to do that sin. You don't have to fall into that. God has a way for you. All you need to do is you need to surrender to Him. Hallelujah. And in His time, He will put things right. Sometimes we, we come to a point to think that if I don't do this, the whole world is going to collapse. God has not put the whole world upon your shoulders. 
Jesus took about his, the whole world upon his shoulders. Hallelujah. You do what God has asked you to do. And God will indeed, in his time, make something beautiful out of your life. Shall we all stand? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. In his time, in his time, he makes all things beautiful. And this is where we need to learn to wait upon the Lord. And when we wait upon the Lord, we begin to see our true motives. The one that's driving us, the feelings that we are feeling, is it right or is it wrong? The true motive is revealed. At the same time, it also helps us to come and to become patient and to know and to understand that God is able and He's more than able to accomplish His work. And He is using us, feeble people, fragile people, and He's empowering us to accomplish His work. We don't have to carry the whole world upon our shoulders. We just have to do what God wants us to do. We may all be in a different areas, different places doing things. But God knows how to connect all these things that we are doing individually to be a great thing or great movement for Him. In His time, in His time, God makes all things beautiful. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Just come into his presence right now. That even as we wait upon the Lord, he says that we will renew our strength. Our strength will be renewed. We can do great exploits. We can do great things. Though we may look at ourselves and say ourselves as fragile, we may look at ourselves as being mortal and we are not able to do anything, accomplish anything. But we need to realize in God we can do great things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord Jesus. Father, we just want to pray in this time, oh God, that we will, Lord, understand your move. We will understand, Lord, your yes, Lord. Your move, O oh Lord, in our life, O oh God. Father, your leading, O oh Lord God, your guidance, O oh God, is so important, Lord, that we need to wait upon you, O oh God. Father, sometimes we have been, Lord, very rash, O oh God. Lord, we have, Lord, jumped into conclusions, God. Lord, we have done things, O oh God. Yes, O oh God, not according to your timing, Lord, but according to our feelings. And Lord, when we have, Lord, concluded whatever we have done, O oh Lord, we see only failures. We thought... In our wisdom, in our great knowledge, in our great wisdom that we thought, Lord, the people will understand. The situation will become under control. But Lord, the only see, Lord, is becoming worse. But today, Lord, we just want to, Lord, come and commit ourselves to you, Lord Jesus. That even as we come in prayer before you, God, Lord, you are in heaven, Lord God. You look, Lord, down upon everything that's happening around the Lord Jesus. We only see ourselves. We only see the things around us. But we cannot see, Lord, how you are uniting us, God. How you are, Lord, making us, Lord, into a great army, Lord, for a great movement, Lord, that you want to bring upon, Lord, this nation and, Lord, and, Lord, beyond this nation, God. Yes, God, we come and pray before you, God. Hallelujah. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. Hear our prayer. Hear our prayer. We are your children, and we've gathered here today. We've gathered here to pray. Hear our cry. We need your. 
Let us just come before His presence right now. Is there something that we need to surrender? Is there something that we need to change? Is there something that we need to give up? And God is speaking to us on and on and on. Is there something that God wants us to do? It is time for us to say, Lord, now is the time that I want to surrender. Now is the time I want to come into your presence and surrender, God. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, oh God. Move, Lord, in this place. Move, oh God. Lord, we have made decisions. We have, Lord, made, Lord, a lot of, Lord, wrong, Lord, decisions, oh God. And we only saw, we only have seen, Lord, failures, oh God. But today, Lord, we want to come. And Lord, we want to fall into your hands. Lord, we want to fall into your hands, oh God. And Lord, we pray, Lord, just like, Lord, a clay which is in the potter's hand of God. Lord, you fashion and you make us, Lord, to become, Lord, the pot or the, yes, Lord, the vessel that you want us to become, oh God. Lord, into your hands, we want to follow God. Oh, yes, oh God. Oh, yes, oh God. Oh, yes, sir, God. Hear us, sir, God, even as we cry out to you. For we do not have any other deliverer. We do not have any other Savior, Lord, who can help us. Though many may arise, O Lord, to say that they have the way. They may have, Lord Jesus, solution, O God. But none, Lord, is able to have it, Lord. But it's only you, Lord Jesus. Our Savior, our Redeemer, Lord, our way, truth and life for God. Lord, today we just want to pray that even as we have heard your word, that you continue, Lord, to minister to us, Lord, confirm your words with signs and wonders, O God. Father, let your word, O God, that we have heard, O Lord, that we will, Lord, put it into practice, O God. Father, we will always seek and to wait upon you, O God. Lord, to wait upon you, O Lord, and but to see it, Lord, to Lord, understand your time, O Lord, of your move, O God. Oh, yes, O God, that you will help us, O God. Teach us. Teach us how to wait upon you, O God. Even though, Lord, we may have a lot of things in our minds, Lord, Lord, coming and distracting us, O God, to do this, to do that, Lord. But, Lord, help us, O Lord, to set it all aside, Lord, to say, Lord, we want to wait upon you, O God. Teach us, teach us, teach us, Lord, how to wait upon you, O God. Father, we just want to thank you for this day and for this time. Continue, Lord, to lead us and guide us. We thank you. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. May we sit it. We listen to the announcements.